Welcome to the Vaco County Pulse. This special edition of the Pulse is focused on the issues before the 2019 Virginia General Assembly. This podcast is developed by the Virginia Association of Counties and shares with our listeners the pulse of Virginia's county governments. I'm Dean Lynch, Executive Director of ACO, and your host for this segment on the Virginia General Assembly. Our segment today is sponsored by Enterprise Fleet Management, the number one leasing solution for county fleets. My guests today are Joe Lurch and Chris McDonald, lobbyists with the VACO Advocacy Team. A little bit about the 2019 Virginia General Assembly. The session began January the 9th, and it is the short session, which is 46 days this year. The bill count, as of the last time I looked, was about 2,600 bills, knowing, though, that all the bills have not been filed or not been entered yet by legislative services. The budget amendment deadline was last Friday to amend the 2018-19 budget, the state budget. And some of the big issues that we are working on, or that the General Assembly is working through this year, is redistricting, the Equal Rights Amendment, school safety, and school funding. There's also a lot of discussion on proper legislation and tax reform this year. But now, uh, for counties, we have several issues working their way through the General Assembly. And let me start with our guests. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, Chris's portfolio includes courts, agriculture, and environment issues. He also works with other VACO team members on energy issues. Chris, can you share with our listeners the top issues being debated in the General Assembly? Sure. Well, Dean, thanks for having me. Always happy to be back on the County Pulse. Uh, as you said, this this session is going to be going at breakneck speed with a whole lot of issues. Uh, in my coverage areas, there are a number of key issues of concern to counties that we're really focusing on and really tracking uh, these bills as they make their way through the Assembly. Um, first up, kind of in the general government and courts area, there are a number of tweaks to procurement laws which are coming up. And as you know, procurement uh, relates to the buying of goods or contracting of services uh, for public and government bodies, such as local governments. So there are a number of bills that are kind of moving around related to construction contracts, statute of limitations, and other issues that we're watching. Beyond procurement... Chris, let me, let me ask a question on the procurement uh, issue. Uh, do the bills that are coming through the General Assembly right now hamper the ability of local governments to... Uh, to- to purchase goods? There is a chance that they would hamper uh, local governments when it comes to the contracting of services they may be able to undertake and then the terms of those contracts. So we're watching this very, very cautiously, ready to weigh in on them when they actually you know, see the light of day some morning. Beyond procurement, there are a number of other issues, such as uh, local government boundaries and election districts we're watching. Uh, These bills would seek to try to change any of the hiccups that we saw in the last election cycle with uh, misassigned voters, as well as seeking to equip localities with the tools to voluntarily correct boundary uh, incorrections. Question, uh, Chris, what kind of hiccups did we have during the last election? Can you give me an example of something that's... uh what this means? Sure. So in the last General Assembly election, the the House of Delegates elections, we saw a lot of what are referred to as misassigned voters, where voters who thought that they were in one election district actually were residing in another. Um, There were a a number of issues that arose to that, and a number of remedies have been proposed to try to fix that to make sure that you're voting where you actually live, or in the legal terms, where you're domiciled. 
outside of election districts and boundary disputes. Um, also watching very closely uh, at our court system itself, and in particular, pretrial services and specialty dockets. Um, pretrial services and specialty dockets really are a great tool to the localities to keep uh, people out of their jails, as well as to kind of expedite the process through the courts. Uh, Chris, I know that last year there was some legislation that would just abolish pretrial services. Uh, is that same kind of legislation being proffered this year again, or is it uh, just a little bit different? You're right. Last year there was a bill that sought to defund pretrial services in general, which would have been to the enormous detriment to our local uh, governments. This year there has not been any such bill introduced yet. Um, in the last year there have been a number of stakeholder groups and work groups convened to actually research the pretrial services issue, um, studying the efficacy and efficiency of the process. Uh, those work groups and studies are still ongoing. So the hope or expectation and hope is that we let those studies conclude before the General Assembly seeks to touch pretrial services in any way. So, so far we haven't seen anything, but we are watching very, very closely for similar bills. Now, the pretrial services, I guess the the theory on having pretrial services so that you can provide services up front to keep people out of the jails because it's very expensive to, to house inmates. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, similar to pretrial services, uh, law enforcement funding is, of course, of grave concern to localities. Um, we have several budget amendments in, so as those begin to trickle out now, um, we'll be watching those and advocating for those and also putting out alerts to our members to make sure that we're all on the same page. Kind of wrapping up a few of the, the courts or general government issues, um, there are a number of bills that have been introduced that seek to tweak or enhance COIA and FOIA laws, and that's, of course, the Conflict of Interests Act and Freedom of Information Act pertains to you know ethics conflicts as well as public records keeping. Um, a number of those are aimed at localities, so we're watching to make sure that localities are not you know unfairly hamstrung where other local government or other government entities are not. Uh, and then finally, there are a number of eminent domain bills that exist. Uh, we're watching those very cautiously to make sure that no local government authority is uh, superseded. Great. Joe, uh, another member of the VACO advocacy team is here with us also. Joe's portfolio includes planning and zoning issues and transportation. Joe also works on energy and solar issues with others on our team. Joe, share with our listeners the top issues uh, that you're working on that you're seeing in the General Assembly. Yes, Dean. So I think you mentioned it in the intro, which was proffers. And, and for our members, proffers is a process whereby when uh, particularly a residential developer comes in to rezone land for greater density and use, they can go ahead and ameliorate some of those impacts that will be on schools, roads, and fire by either cash or in-kind donations. And Several years ago, there was legislation that was passed that actually hampered that ability for localities to negotiate and facilitate that discussion and actually address those impacts. We're optimistic in that we're seeing several pieces of legislation work their way through that would kind of crack open that and and actually improve the process. So what I would say is we're going to probably have more of that, you know, later in the session to where those bills are. And we also think that even though we're, we're taking this first step on trying to improve it, it's probably going to take some uh, work and, and successive sessions. Uh, so that's where we are on the proffers issue. Okay. Um, you know, moving on on land use, uh, one of the things that uh, we're really tracking in terms of solar, and I've been working with Chris on this, is a way to actually have localities turn land that um, is relatively flat or unused, say like a closed landfill, put solar panels on that 
generate energy that you can sell back to the grid. It creates kind of a cash-positive environment for, for many of our localities. They can use that energy for other facilities. We're very optimistic in, in working with uh, stakeholders that we can get that bill passed because that's something that uh, I think our members would, would take advantage of as well. Um, related to that, uh, in our more rural areas, we're seeing what are known as these large utility-scale solar uh, installations. And, and Chris and I were actually on a podcast uh, several times ago dealing with that issue. One of the things that we're seeing in, is a lot of uh, discussion at the General Assembly on how localities and rural areas are impacted in that, in that regard. There's a certain uh, a tax incentive that the General Assembly mandated a couple years ago that's really hurting localities in terms of when these things get built, the energy may go to Northern Virginia or to Richmond area for some you know, Fortune 500 company, uh, and, but yet the localities aren't being made whole at the local level on the taxes. And then in addition to that, uh, we're seeing a, a bill that would actually hamper the ability of local uh, localities to return land to its previous condition once those solar panels go. go. So we're going to be uh, bird-dogging that and making sure that that doesn't have any unintended impacts on localities. Joe, um, I know that you're also following uh, broadband, another huge issue that we've had for many years in Virginia trying to get broadband to the rural areas and 5G to the suburban and urban areas. Sure. Tell us what's happening in that in that world. Yeah, so, you know, it, our goal is we want to get Internet to, to everybody, and not just Internet at a certain level. We want fast, reliable Internet, uh, particularly in our unserved areas. Thankfully, this administration has made that same goal. Uh, they want to get it done in 10 years, but when we've had the governor come speak before our members, he doesn't want to wait 10 years. He wants to get this done now. Uh, VACO is part of a coalition of other partners that's pushing for uh, more money at the statewide level to build the infrastructure that's needed to serve these rural areas. Because the problem is is that the private providers, the money's not in, in for them to build the, um, the infrastructure to get those areas. So really hopeful that in working with the, the General Assembly, we can get that through. There's other measures. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Dean. I was going to what, what did the governor do in his budget uh, so to the, support that? Yeah, so the governor added um, $46 million, uh, coming up in F- FY20 to go to this telecommunications fund that actually localities apply for to build the infrastructure in partnership with um, a private industry to get the access to the Internet. And, then, you know, that could be fiber. That could be towers. It, they're very technology agnostic. But what they want to see is to get those to those unserved areas. Now, can counties apply for this for these dollars? Is it just the counties or can the authorities? The, or? Yeah, no, it's just the counties that just apply county, for okay. it. And so what's great about that is that you might have a developer that says, hey, I got an idea. They can approach a county and the counties can work with the developer and apply for those funds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, and it, good. You had another question? No. Uh, I was going to say along the same lines, we're seeing bills that would actually – um, create more authority for localities. Uh, one in particular that says when a locality does a, a local service district, it's adding to um, that the things that they can build with the local service district, broadband and internet uh, facilities, and that's one we're going to be supporting uh, as well. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me jump back to Chris. Um, Chris, I know we've got a you know your portfolio is also environmental issues. Um, can you tell us a little bit of what's going on in the General Assembly regarding environment? Sure. Well, as Joe noted, or agriculture. 
As Joe noted, a lot of the environmental concerns are really energy-related, but I'll touch on some of the other kind of side of the environment portfolio I cover. Uh, and really, this session theme is really water, water everywhere. Um, with the governor right now um, being from the eastern shore, of course, the Chesapeake Bay is always near and dear to his heart. So we saw him put in a lot of funding for water quality improvements. This includes tens of millions of dollars put into uh, what's the Stormwater Local Assistance Fund, or SLAF, which is a dollar-for-dollar matching program for localities to invest in stormwater infrastructure, as well as millions and millions of dollars put into the Water Quality Improvement Fund, or WQIF. Um, We will be fighting for that funding through the duration of the assembly. We're also watching a number of bills that seek to kind of tweak those programs or those funds that open them up a little bit more to localities. There are some bills that would allow SLAF, uh, that, that seek to designate certain SLAF funds for rural localities, um, and other other bills that tweak SLAF eligibility or WQIF eligibility to allow local governments to become a bit more creative. We also see a lot of money in there for technical assistance for the agricultural industry to um, comply with their uh, water requirements, um, bills that touch on such ideas as tree coverage or replacement ordinances. So there are a lot of issues that are really surrounding the idea of how do we really improve our water quality in Virginia that we'll be watching like a hawk. Great. Great. And we actually have set up a special subcommittee focusing on agriculture issues this past year, correct? We did. Do we have a lot of agriculture issues that are working their way, uh, best best management practices and things like that? So there are a number of bills that we are watching that kind of were born out of this agriculture subcommittee. Um, but really for the, the first crack of that subcommittee, it did pertain to how do we – kind of how do we focus on our environmental portfolio but through the lens of agriculture? How do we make sure that our farmers and our more rural localities are actually able to adopt these new ideas that we see kicked around at the General Assembly? Um, So really it was was an excellent kind of first chance to serve as kind of a clearinghouse of ideas. And we're really excited, especially at the conclusion of this session, to pull the subcommittee back together and really reevaluate our priorities and see where we can really sink our teeth in. Joe, um, one of the another issue, another area that uh, that's in your portfolio is transportation, and I know we have lots of transportation issues in Virginia, and I know that's being debated at the General Assembly. Tell us a little bit about some of the key key topics. Yeah, I think the one thing that many of our um, members are already hearing about is Interstate eighty one. And Interstate 81 is one of the most dangerous highways, not only in Virginia, but also in the region and in the nation. Uh, And it also has an impact on commerce coming down 81 and has an impact on our localities at the local level in in those terms. What we're seeing is uh, different legislative initiatives, uh, also with the governor and the budget, to get funding to fix the problems on I-81, to add additional lanes, to fix intersections. Some of the solutions that are being proposed could include maybe a special tax service district or it could include tolling. These are all issues that we're going to be following, and, and I would say to our members, stay tuned because this is a moving target as it's going forward. And I'd say in general, you know, the transportation issue in Virginia is we had a fix, potential fix several years ago on uh, gas tax to tax it at a sales tax at, at the rack. And Everybody thought that was going to be great, that the actual cost of gasoline would go up over time and then that that tax would increase. 
Nobody knew at that time that there was going to be innovations uh, in technology that actually have lowered the price of gasoline. Uh, thankfully, it's at a floor, but it's remained flat. And so we just don't have the construction funds that we've had flowing before. And, you know, Vaco's of the p- opinion that we need to figure that out, too. Maybe not this session, but in following sessions on how we deal with that. Commonwealth Transportation Board, uh, funding for that uh, maintenance. Uh, is, do we have... Uh Plenty of money there, or are we always well, you know, struggling? It, it, it's, it's better than it's been. And, in fact, maintenance, when you take a look at the math, maintenance is doing better. That's growing with time. And the CTB, to their credit, has made it a real priority to for maintenance at the local level. But the problem is, you know, the more infrastructure you have, the more roads, the more rail, the more transit, the more that needs to be uh, maintained. And so that's still a problem, not as bad as on the construction side. I would say, too, that for some of our counties with the secondary roads, particularly in, particularly in heavily traveled roads, the money's just not been there in recent years for maintenance. And, and that's think, something that I think is more of on the back burner this year, but it's going to be something in future years we'll need to address. You know, uh, gentlemen, thank you for your advocacy efforts. You know, on behalf of Virginia's counties, the, uh, I think that the main thing that we're hearing is stay tuned. Uh, we've got a few more days. We've got a, several more days left. Uh, we haven't even reached crossover yet, and we'll be having more bills uh, to talk about as we go forward. The County Pulse will be back next week with another end-of-the-week legislative report on issues that impact Virginia counties. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.